So a lot going on with the Philadelphia Flyers right now on the ice and some news off the ice as well as the team wraps up 2022. Going to be heading on the road here as they usually do at the end of a calendar year before coming back to the Wells Fargo Center in 2023 with our final Broadcasters Roundtable of 2022 alongside Jim Jackson, Steve Coates, and Jason Martinez. I'm Brian Smith sitting in today for the ailing Tim Saunders, who we hope to have back with us soon. So before we get into the uh, on-ice stuff with the Flyers, the news coming out uh, recently that uh, Cam Atkinson will not play this season. He's going to undergo neck surgery to try to finally solve the issue that's been plaguing him all year. He has not been on the ice all year, and he will not be from this point. So again, just the uh, latest blow, I guess you could say, J.J. and the Flyers on the injury front. And uh, you know, hopefully it's something that uh, Cam will be able to, to rebound from here. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, all the best to Cam. I mean, he's such a great guy and a guy he just wants to play as much as anybody and you know how this has been bothering him and uh, maybe as uh, as we've said with others with 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 coots and so forth there's some finality to this that he now at least knows what it is but to lose all season is obviously very difficult and and it was you know he was on the road trip and looked like he might be getting close to playing so this is disappointing news from a team standpoint for sure but most importantly right now it's about cam and getting him well uh, sounds like you know anything neck related is a serious surgery so we wish him well and hope that he's back and ready to go at training camp next year mm-hmm. i've never seen anything like this I know. as far as injuries is concerned in all my years in this yeah. business key players too yeah i mean it's just unbelievable and you know actually it's it's not league wide but it's several a other lot teams. of teams yeah, yeah. and if you go back and look at all the like we're here in the alumni room and you look at all the old uh, pictures from the early uh, days, like the late 60s and the 70s, you see 20 players in the roster. Now, if you look at it, it's 28. And 20, I mean, mm-hmm, yeah. because they're going through people because there's so many injuries. And for Cam, it's just unbelievable where what can go wrong is going wrong with this hockey club right now. You had two, not one, but two key people right now. Ellis and now Atkinson that are out, and, and it's not including Couturier. I'm talking the players that were traded for mm-hmm. to be able to make this hockey club better. Couturier is a huge loss, mm-hmm. but it's just absolutely amazing. And I was so excited when I heard that Atch was going to be back and he was back on the plane because we are probably the worst overtime ga- team in the league. Yeah. And with a guy like that, you're missing a lot. You're missing goals. But that's the type of guy that excels on a three-on-three. And I just everything he brings to the table, his leadership, his ability to play the game, his ability to score goals is lost. And that's just another – it's just a nail, another coffin here with this hockey club as far as being able to be competitive on a nightly basis. I mean, the thing about it is, too, with him, he I looked at him as the conduit between this team under John Tortorella. He's the guy that played for him before, at the guy that – sanctioned him and, you know, I, I think pushed probably for Torts to be here. I mean, he told me that's exactly what we need after last year at the uh, end-of-season meetings with the GMs and, and the exit day. And I think there's so much, obviously, on the ice, he's a huge loss. I think he's even a bigger loss in the room because of the way, you know, he carries himself and what he would have meant to everybody and translation for, for Torts. So... Again, like JJ said, you know, when you're dealing with the neck, it's it's serious. And we hope that the surgery is successful and he can resume his career. He's got some years left. I think he's got some good hockey left in that body. But the neck is is something that's really serious. And we hope for him that obviously he gets comfort and, 
you know, pain-free and all of that, but it's, it's a monumental loss to lose him because, I mean, Kosey, like you bring it up, look at the players in those deals too. Nolan Patrick, I think his career is in jeopardy. He was traded for Ryan Ellis along with Phil Myers, who's was waived again. And then you look at Jake Voracek, who unfortunately is dealing with a concussion, yeah. who was traded in a one-for-one -one deal with Cam Atkinson. It's bananas what's going on. And, I mean, it can just really drop an organization to its knees with these kind of losses. Columbus is in the same situation. I mean, the loss of the Boone, you just told me Boone Jenner's now out too. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy how the, some of these organizations are absolutely decimated by injuries. And I think it sucks. Yeah, it, it, uh, you know, I, again, we are all associated with the team. So we come off a little bit like shills when we say this, but you cannot take a Couturier and Atkinson. And Ellis. And not even count. I mean, if you throw Ellis in there, I mean, Ellis, go, I, if I go back to June, July, and I was looking at the team and I'm saying, ah, yeah, this, team, this team's got a chance with those three, right? Uh, you take those three completely out of the mix. Three veteran players. Three players that under John Tortorella would absolutely excel. Cam because he's done it before. And the other two because they're absolutely Tortorella kind of players. And you just take them out of the mix with nothing in return. There's not many teams that can overcome that. Yeah, next so, man up's a cute saying. Yeah, yeah but, but it's yeah. not realistic in the yeah. case of three players like that. Yeah. So now, and John Tortorella has been talking about this for a while, and he probably had some inside information here on this as far as realizing that maybe, Cam, this could be the ultimate. Although, again, he was on the trip and getting close to He playing, looked imminent. Thought. Yeah, uh, but I, I think John has been preparing for this. That's why he keeps saying this is about the long term, and that's why he scratches Kevin Hayes. That's why you, you look forward and, and you know he's going to play the young players a lot and you're going to get a look at these young players some who aren't even here yet uh this year and that's what it's all about looking to the future but for the meantime it's it's all about cam and wishing him well absolutely a very interesting month of december to this point and uh, probably the elephant in the room the kevin hayes situation uh, scratched for a full game he'd already been scratched for a couple of periods but uh, jj definitely a message there, I would say, coming from the coach when that happened. Yeah, I mean, hey, John Tortorella's talked about it. This is all about developing a new standard with his team, and I think Kevin Hayes has become kind of the poster child for how he's going to work that. It doesn't matter if you're leading the team in points. If you don't follow the instructions in terms of the two-way play, defensive play, everything, uh, you're going to hear about. Obviously, he's already sat out a couple third periods before he was scratched in the game. So uh, the message has been sent. Um, it, it's not just for Kevin. Uh, although he's the one, obviously, who is feeling the brunt of it. But this is a message for everybody on the team that you have to adhere to, to what Torts is talking about in terms of two-way play, in terms of playing just as hard defensively and making the right decisions with the puck as well from that standpoint. So uh, it's really just more of what uh, he had talked about from the very beginning of the season, John Tortorelli. He's going to develop a new standard here, and there are going to be some bumps in the road getting to that standard, and, and they're feeling them now. I mean, when you have your leading scorer scratched, it's obviously going to catch a lot of people's attention. Coatsy, we talked about it the night that it happened because uh, the, the Flyers ended up going 11-7 forwards versus D because Zach McEwen was ill, but still, Hayes out of the lineup, and that kind of ratcheted that, it up a that little That was bit. even, yeah, that made it like, Wow. That was a while to all of a sudden have to go 11 and 7 uh, just to prove the point. That tells you where Torts' mind is as far as making sure that, that he's on schedule to make sure everybody's on the right page. And, and it, it's a hard thing to do because you're, you're leading scorer. I saw somebody ask the other day in the history of the NHL, a leading scorer ever being a healthy scratch. 
But then again, you've never seen what's going on here in Philly very often. So this has been a real tough situation. Torts came in, he's got a plan, and he's going to stick by it. And the 60-minute hockey game isn't as important as the three months that are coming up. And, you know, we've talked about, Jason, I know when we're doing, uh, you know, intermissions that we see certain things as we get to sit there and watch all these replays while these guys have to do the real job. But uh, it wasn't just the, the play in the New Jersey game that, that uh, was the last thing he did on the ice. I think there was more to it than that. Yeah, I think it's a situation where it's, it's the, you know, the culmination of multiple things. And I don't think Hazy's played his best hockey over the last four or five games. Uh, there's been some, the turnover in overtime in Vegas, pushing a play on a three-on-three, and it ends up in the back of your net. So I think it's beyond that. It's, it's about being a leader and about being a pro on and off the ice at all times because, you know, Torch has made it really clear. It's accountability every day, not when you just feel like holding people accountable. It has to be every day. And accountability is for everybody or it's for nobody. And like J.J. said, when it's your leading scorer on a team that averages 2.33 goals per game, that's not just for Kevin Hayes. That is a ripple effect through everybody in that room, everybody potentially that could end up in that room as a player here that, hey, don't smirk that, hey, he got scratched and you didn't because your turn could be next. Accountability is every day. Torts has made it really clear. It wasn't about winning that game. It's about setting the standard for the team this season and beyond, well beyond, three years, two years, how it's going to benefit them going forward and letting them know you give players an inch, they'll, they'll just keep taking. You can't ever relent on it. And this is what Torch stands for. And you got to give him credit. It's a gutsy move. Like you said, Coach, I don't know that a leading scorer on a team has ever been a healthy scratch. So that makes it even more pronounced. But again, accountability has got to be you know, a standard that you live by. It's got to be your religion. And Torch seems to be doing that. The Flyers seem to be in a bit of uh, evaluation mode in terms of figuring out, okay, who's part of this moving forward? Who's going to be here uh, for the long haul? And how are they going to proceed really past this season? And, uh, you know, looking at some of the guys that have been kind of, uh, you know, maybe hit or miss a little bit, uh, whether it's due to injury or due to play. And I guess we can start with, with James Van Riemsdyk, who, of course, was out for uh, quite some time with that uh, with that hand injury. He comes back, uh, you know, as we tape this uh, through his first six games, six points, um, you know, really had a you know pretty good return to the lineup to this point. Yeah, I mean, JVR's played well. In fact, uh, Torts will tell you he was playing very well before he got injured. Uh, not that the numbers showed it as much as they have lately, but – uh, JVR is a true pro. I think uh, Coatsy, you know, we've all been here, seen him develop uh, from when he was young in his first stint as a flyer. He's really developed into a good all-around player. He's not just a power play specialist by any stretch anymore. And he's a good influence on the young guys. Very smart player. Seems to have a little chemistry with Frost, uh, which is, is I think, uh, borne out. And so there's a lot going on there. But for JVR, he's in the last year of a contract. So where does this lead for JVR? Is he part of the future or will he be moved at the deadline that that's the story there. But as far as JVR is a hockey player, is a pro, is a person, he's a great guy to have in the room right now for now and, and good good influence on some of the young players. Yeah. Quiet leader. Yeah. He's a quiet leader. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's the, the, the union rep in the building, I mean, in, on the team, which is important. It could be the liaison with the NHLPA. And he brings an element that he's been there. I mean, he's everybody doesn't know that, like, not everybody knows it, but he was – Voted in the top hundred all-time best Toronto Maple Leafs. That's a lot of. Been people. a lot of Maple Leafs. Yeah. That's a lot of Leafs going back a lot of years. Yeah, 
and he's had a heck of a career. Oh, yeah, he's had some ups and downs, but he was playing well before he was injured. And to have a little finger problem and getting operated, I mean, can you imagine? You, know, you want to play, you want to play, and you got a finger problem. So it's a hard situation, but uh, he brings credibility. No, nobody knows better about what it's going to be like out there when you're looking around the room and see who's in the lineup. And you get a guy like Van Riemsdyk back on the power play and all those different things that he brings to the table is certainly a help. I think the thing about him, he, is, he leads by the way he carries himself. There's, I, don't, I don't ever recall an athlete that treats his body with more diligence than he does. You know, from sleep to what he puts in it. And that, that's being a pro, you know, to help him. He's a guy that doesn't get injured very often. You know, you don't see muscle strains or those kind of things because he treats his body like a temple. And I, I think he's a guy that fits in any locker room, a consummate pro. He will score for you because he can score. He's proven it over the years since last year in uh, Toronto. He was averaging under 15 minutes a night. He had 36 goals, 11 on the power play. So he's still and, – and that's five years ago. He's still an effective player. You know, there's a lot of chatter out there from, you know, Elliot Friedman that he's on the market right now and – in the last year of a deal, that's the reality of the situation. He's getting less actual cash than his contract, uh, you know, real money. So he may be an attractive piece to some teams. Um, I love the develop or the chemistry with Frost and Tippett, and you almost hate to lose that because Frost is one of those guys we're looking to jump and get excited about. Tippett, too. Tippett, well, yeah, no yeah. doubt. And Tippett is – I think we know what Tippett is. We just need to see what Tippett is more consistently. Um, with Frost, you know, you want – this fan base to get into a lather about him because you're starting to see, I think some progress, but now can he keep the progress going forward and moving up and with some consistency, if you can see that, then we're all starting to feel a little bit better. But treating your body like a temple, I think coach, he's the one that should yes. be yes. talking about that. That's his group. It's, it's inspiration. I, I have a book coming up. <laughs> it's called pollute the body. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's the, the alternative to what we were just talking about. <laughs> You've got JVR and you've got Coach. Yeah. There'll be a box, a box yin and yang, set, right? Yeah. Uh, sticking with Morgan Frost, I mean, coming into uh, this uh, this homestand, he had uh, three goals, three assists uh, for six points in a, a ten-game stretch there, and I, I think we've seen flashes of what we uh, were hoping to see from him. Things that we saw him doing with Sault Ste. Marie and juniors, and the, the nice thing is you started to see these flashes more often. And eventually there won't be flashes anymore is the hope. Well, that is the hope. And we're really to that stage with a lot of these young players. I mean, Tippett's the same thing. Yep. Uh, you remember that game in Montreal? Owen Tippett was dominant, flat-out dominant in that game. You saw the game in Arizona with Frost. That he, so you're seeing it, but you're going to need to see it more often with all these guys. This is part of youth, part of going through the, the maturation process for these guys. I mean, Noah Cates is a guy who kind of brings the same thing every game, doesn't have the dynamic uh, tools perhaps as the other two guys, but he has the intelligence that is certainly dynamic. His is pretty much there every night in terms of that. But in terms of some of the other guys, you'd like to see it more consistently. And I think you will as they, as they mature, but and none of us are patient enough. Right? We want to see it now, and it just rarely, except for some generational talents, it just doesn't happen that way. But, yeah, there's definitely Coach, signs of progress with Morgan. Uh, you know, he, he definitely has this skill. You can, you can tell in the nights where he has that confidence, and he's trying to make plays. And then there's other nights where you don't see that. Yeah, it's like night and day. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, the other night in Arizona with the smaller building, 5,000-seat stadium, kind of a really nice stadium for a college team. 
And I said on the air before, I said, some players like playing in an environment like this more than a big building because everything's tighter, everything's closer, everything happens faster. Don't you know Frosty goes out there? Yeah. Yeah. Four points. So I saw him in the, <laughs> the other day, the day after the game, and I said, it's all set. We're playing all our home games here from now on. <laughs> he says, it was just like when I was playing junior again because yeah. he had, came from those those rinks. So yeah. he, he enjoyed it. But you, you could see the other night, like he's just – we just got to get him to practice those entries on the power play. Yeah. Oh, my he's not the only one struggling. Yeah, with but yeah. but you know, he he's got a great personality. He's trying, okay. and you know, some as we always talk about, the maturity level, both physically and mentally, comes for everybody differently. Mm-hmm. And he can just see that he's getting better every game. It, it, it development and both physically and mentally emotionally is not never a straight line for most guys there's going to be peaks and valleys and he certainly has gone through some peaks and some valleys the thing is you know a coach loves the known you know when you when you throw a guy over the boards you know what you're going to get in a given night and I think that's where some frustration for torts is you know what am I going to get from Morgan Frost tonight what am I am I going to get tip am I going to wonder who he is tonight or am I going to have to motivate him you know Joel Farabee is another guy that torts talked about you know he's not wasting a, a minute of his day trying to motivate Joel Farabee. He needs to do that, and he's not going to let him use the injury anymore as an excuse. So not that it, he was using it as an excuse, but it was an understanding. So, you know, what you're going to get from a guy every night is the thing that drives a coach crazy because you just don't know. And you, there's feel in game and go, you know, you saw it with Morgan in some of those games where he really had it going, and he's out there on the three-on-three in overtime. And you see the minutes just going up and up and up. And for Morgan, I think he just he got to get out of his own head sometimes. That's hard to do as a young player because there's a lot of expectations on him, and he's probably not on the timetable that he thought he would be on. But if he can just get some consistency, I think that that part will fade away and he just gets back to playing hockey and playing good hockey. And that's one of the things that we want to see over these next you know, 70 games or whatever. Not 70 games, that would be a lot. That's next year's NHL. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what they had. Seventy games. Seventy games was that what it was? Yeah. 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 He's saying seventy from here on out. Yeah. No, Maybe no, we no. could do 40, ninety. Forty more games or so. <laughs> <laughs> you know who, who's the most consistent flyer offensively so far this year? Konechny. Right. Yeah. What were we saying about TK about three years ago? Yeah. A lot of the same, same thing. Stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, there is that process. We we. Sometimes it's 24-25 before yeah. it happens. When they start seeing the ice, yeah. where the game becomes slower in their eyes. Yeah. That's the thing. And they're not thinking, right? Well, you got the starry, starry eyes where you're out there and you're looking like this. and Oh, my goodness, this isn't exactly what it was like right. when I came from junior or when I came from college. The guys are bigger. They're stronger. Uh, all the different elements that all of a sudden you go, whoa, this is like yeah. the, the, everything's. And then a couple of years later, you go, wow, I can see everything's, everything's slowed down. You don't treat the puck like a grenade anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people forget that, uh, you know, the the NHL is just the last step for all of these guys. And every time you take a step, there's going to be an acclimation process, whether you're going from AAA to major junior, going from major junior to pro or going from triple a to college there's always going to be so this is the big step it's not the last step you get to play for the alumni team. Exactly. Yes. are you yeah, getting all yes. get propped up on the bench <laughs> all <laughs> roads lead to beer league <laughs> my apologies to to brad marshall yeah but but um you know again uh, a, a guy that um we we probably saw that from also 
was more recently was was Cam York. He comes up to um, you know comes out of college. He comes up and uh, plays some time in the NHL. And Jason and I were talking about it last year that you know this is invaluable for him because he gets to go through a whole summer now knowing what that's like. He comes into camp. He doesn't make the team right away. He gets sent to Allentown and he does very very well in the American Hockey League. He comes back up here and, and through five games he's a plus four uh, and to to get this start off. Uh, I I have uh, seen two major transformations this year, McCune being the first one from going to the minors, mm-hmm. and Cam York. I mean, Cam York, what a night and day situation. How he played at the end of that game in Arizona mm. and the moves he made, I went, wow. Now I understand why he was the number one draft pick. And I found out that both McEwen and York don't like to ride buses. <laughs> it's very simple. All you got to do is go down there and you say, yeah, I got to go to Binghamton and I got to go to Albany and I got to go to Rochester. And then you come here and you're on a nice plane and you're getting Get treated like once. going to Vegas and, and Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me. It's very simple. <laughs> is this what you want me to do? I'm in. Yeah. Just put me over the boards. But obviously, the kid, I mean, he... I'll repeat what I've said before. He's still got to learn how to play small. But I I just think that the the transformation of what we saw at the beginning of the year in the training camp and now is just like night and day, and it's only good for the Philadelphia Flyers. I look at him. To me, he's a hard player sometimes to judge because he's so smooth, you know, and he's so calm. And sometimes we mistake that for a lack of effort. You know, we should have learned our lesson with Mike Schmidt, right? just super talented and it doesn't look like you know some guys go out there and they're like McEwen he's flying all over the place and banging and that's his game Cam York's just very chill both mentally and the way he's because he's such a smooth skater but yeah the difference is and it's strange because he's playing on the right side which is not his preference and where he doesn't have a ton he makes that move at the blue line in the Arizona game to get that first goal a la ghost of all people and kind of jukes a guy out like Barry Sanders and then gets the puck to the net. And that just shows me a confident player to make that play at the blue line. It's a risk. There's a little risk involved there, but he's confident. I know he talked to you guys on the television broadcast and I had to teach him. And I was like, boy, that's a lot of confidence for a guy that just got called up. I was yes. like, maybe slow down yeah, on that had, a little bit. I had to teach the guy something he said on that move. <laughs> just, you know, like, okay, oh, yeah. yeah, but I like it because but he's swag. got a little swagger about him. Yep. The thing is, the guy was the captain for one of the most talented U.S. World Juniors team, gold medal winning team, going to have, it's already, what, seven or eight NHL players from that team, legitimately good NHL players oh, that from that team. Wagon, yeah. And he was the captain of that team, so there's got to be something there. And he was, I remember in that tournament, because that can be so chaotic, he was so calm. And back then we were all talking about Look at the poise he's got. He gets the puck out of the zone. And then when we saw him, it was more like, is this guy got a lazy streak to him? So I agree with you, Jason. He's a, he's a tough guy to judge because that calm and cool can be misperceived as perhaps laziness, which I don't think it is. He did make some mistakes up here. I'm sure he'd admit to last year some things that happened. But he's got to grow. He's 21. We forget that. He's still very And he's a D. They take longer. Yes. But I agree with Coatsy. And give Lappy and, and those guys credit down there because uh, I know, they, were, you know they, they came together like this a little bit, Lappy and, and Cam, but 
he's a better player now because of his time down there. So uh, it worked, and um, I think we've seen that with a couple other guys who, who've come up too. So hopefully some good things going on down there. But, yeah, I'm very excited about Cam. And there's going to be more bumps, no doubt about it. As you say, he's not a finished product by, by any stretch yet, but you see it now. You see that potential. Part of it too is obviously that they passed on Caulfield twice, and Caulfield's been scoring in Montreal. Yeah. But a winger getting to the NHL and having success is a much shorter path than a defenseman. And even Caulfield has had his – I mean, yep. he had a tough tough start last year. So, it's as you say, it's just not linear. But we're, we're seeing some good good signs from Cam for sure. And supposed to eventually be Cam York plus Bobby, Bobby Brink. Brink. That's yeah. greater than Cole Caulfield. We haven't right. even seen Bobby yet, so we'll see what happens yeah. with that uh, here. Uh, in, I saw him in, in the New press year. box the other night. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the that. first sign that he's getting a little closer. Yeah. Along well. Flyers also needed to uh, really kind of evaluate some of maybe their I don't you barely can call them veterans but some of their their older core pieces and and try to figure out okay where are these guys at because there's been no question that most of the Flyers have not really looked the same over these last two years of COVID and restrictions and things like that but we were talking about Travis Konechny earlier and he's one guy that really seems to have bounced back to his All Star form that he was in uh, in that 1920 season yeah he's I, I think the motor that he's playing with is the most impressive part. And like I said, with Torts, when he sees that a guy's going and he's on, he's up on his skates and he's buzzing, he's getting his minutes. I mean, he played 26 minutes and 11 seconds, a career high the other night. And why is that? Well, because the coach, I always say, if you want to know how a coach feels about a player, don't listen to his words. Look at his usage, No doubt. you know, and he trusts him in all situations, putting them out there. He's doing the right things. He's, spilling it he's playing with emotion and like like he cares like he gives a you know what and I think TK's a pleaser as a person and he wants to please his coach and he wants to you know what do you want from me and then I'll go out and and I'm going to do everything I can to deliver it and to me he's been a big positive this year he's I, I think he's going out there and showing the other players and young players on this team how to play at this level it's going to take some time for some of those guys but I think he's been everything. I'd like to see him with a letter on his jersey, and in all honesty, because I think that invests him even further. I think he can take a piece of that with kind of this vacuum that's happened with Giroux being gone and, and that kind of thing. So he's a guy that I, I think is really a big part of the future here in solidifying his position. The thing with TK, I think he's kind of an example. There's this narrative out there that uh, John Tortorella is suppressing his system suppresses the offense. Um, Not true. Well, he – TK is the perfect example. He makes mistakes. He he make, he has turnovers. He takes bad penalties, but he's still getting the ice time. Why is that? Because he's creative offensively, and he still works like you know what to get back defensively now. Much more so, I think, than earlier in his career. He's he's much more well-rounded player now. But John's not about limiting your offensive creativity. He's about just making sure you do what you have to do away from the puck, and when the other team has the puck, and just getting back and and don't make too many unnecessary plays with the puck. TK makes a couple here and there, but it's all based upon effort. And Torch loves him. He's talked to all of us about him. He absolutely loves the guy. So that that is, he's living proof, Coach. See that. This is a guy that you can be a creative and a risk-taking kind of player and still be somebody that John Tortorella likes and, as Jason points out, uses a lot. I've never heard that one, that he's uh, being suppressed by the... The team. The, you, I'm hearing... Block shots. It, it's a narrative out there that yeah. they're saying the Flyers aren't scoring. Could, could he loosen these guys up and they'd score more goals? I've been asked that more than once by national people from the outside. It's like, 
Not really, because then you're going to be giving up six or seven goals. I, mean, I, I, I find that uh, an interesting comment. Um, when you talked about Konechny, though, once, and he has multiple centers, okay? We kid about, I, I say, well, the lines aren't going to be that long or not together that long. But if we could get him the right center, I'm not saying that he hasn't done the right one right now, but especially if you're a left-hand shot, his speed creates so much. Back in the day, and I'm, I'm living in the past, but Bossy, Leach, Dennis Hall, Bobby Hall, they came off the wing. And that's when defensemen weren't as, as fast. So you could make that big move and come around and take the shot on net. Konechny has that speed, and he's doing it even with the players that are, can skate with him going by. And he's such a weapon, but we've got to figure out how to get him the puck more. Yeah. Because every time he comes in off the wing, he's a, he's a, a, a potential scorer because he's moving so fast. So I, I, the guy came in in shape. You could tell him he was ready to go. He was shot out of a cannon be, beginning of the year. And I just think that he's being, he's not being held back, uh, not held back, but the, the team's struggling right now. And as a result, you become product of that. But I think in the long run, this guy is the real deal. He was a leader in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. uh, everywhere he's been, he's been a leader. And I think that now he's arrived. And if you use his numbers, I mean, he missed six games. Uh, he's really at a mid-30 goal pace. 37-goal pace. Yeah, so 11, 11, it was so 11 goals in even, 25 games yeah, at one point. Even with any of the restrictions you're talking about, he's still on a very good goal pace. And, uh, and he has faced... You know, sitting out an entire period. And I thought handled that situation extremely well, both to the media, but also went in to see Torts afterwards and, uh, again, showing some of that leadership you guys are talking about. I, I had that same problem sitting on the bench all the time. <laughs> did you go talk to the coach? No, I didn't. Uh, he was just happy he wasn't selling I popcorn. did go to – I went to the coach <laughs> and I said, I don't mind watching from where I'm sitting, <laughs> but do I have to dress up in this funny outfit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing with Tort's system and, and that notion of he just wants teams to collapse around their net and block shots, there's a lot of risk to his system. It's a very aggressive forecheck, and he's a guy that, you know, if you do his non-negotiables, he's like a retractable dog leash, for lack of a better term. The leash will get longer for what you want to do offensively if down in that other end of the ice and in the neutral zone, you, you do his non-negotiables. You do this you get the latitude down at that end of the ice. So, I mean, look, Zach Warinsky came in as a blue liner for him. Or Tommy Panera is another one of his favorite players. A ton of risk, right? Yeah. And, you, and you have to incur risk to create opportunity in this league. It's just inherent. Yep. So, and connect, yeah, he's going to make a mistake. It's going to end up in the back of your net once in a while. But is he net positive? And I think he's been a net positive player this year. So the quest for some more offense will continue. Hopefully the defensive play will keep up as well, and the Flyers will uh, try to string together some more wins here as we head into the new year. We'll have another Broadcasters Roundtable coming up for you in early 2023. Until then, happy holidays to you. Wishing everybody all the best, and we thank you for joining us here uh, this afternoon. For Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, Jason Martinez, sitting in for Tim Saunders, I'm Brian Smith. Happy Enjoy birthday, Timmy. Happy birthday, Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Get, <laughs> get better quickly. Yes. Where's the what, champagne? What a way to celebrate your birthday. I was, looking for a, I was looking for a reason to have a beer today. <laughs> now you have to have two. You have to have one for him, right? That's right. Well, we will see you all in the new year and enjoy the games.